Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Good morning from Perth in Australia. Uh, it's Jim here with another Tuesday Night Jaw on the wonderful Distraction Pieces Network. Now, apologies, this is slightly late, UK time um, and Australia time. I'm very confused. I don't really know where I am. I've had a lot of travel. Um, so this is slightly late. Um, my intention was to put a roundtable out last week when myself, John and Glenn were in Orlando. Unfortunately, we got a little bit distracted by some other stuff we had to get sorted out um, while we were there. So that has meant we didn't have much time for us to sit down and record a massive two or three hour podcast about what we've been up to in New Orleans and WrestleMania and TakeOver. And believe me, I can talk for about three hours on TakeOver alone. So we didn't get a chance to do it last week. Now we're here in Australia. Internet's not brilliant and we're super jet lagged. It is, for example, just after half seven in the morning uh, on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, it's proven a little bit difficult for us to sit down and do one while we're in Australia because we still have a ton of travel to do because we're traveling um, from Perth to Melbourne uh, tomorrow uh, and then from Melbourne to uh, New Zealand for myself uh, and Travis Banks and Glenn on Saturday and then back to Sydney on Monday and doing a show and then I'm coming home. So it's super complicated, really, really difficult to um, to sit down. And even if we did put together a huge podcast, there's no telling whether or not the internet would hold up for long enough here for me to actually be able to upload it. So apologies for that. I'm going to try and do a round table at some point um, with uh, the usual suspects uh, on WrestleMania, TakeOver, etc. when I'm back. But again, it just depends on time. So much travel. Um, I leave here on Tuesday next week and I arrive home uh, early in the morning on Wednesday and then I'm doing a, an award ceremony thing uh, on Wednesday night because I'm insane. So um, it's going to be a bit, a bit tricky over the next few weeks. But we'll get there thank you for your patience um, thank you for those people who very nicely asked me uh, where Tuesday Night Jaw was rather than being a dick about it I appreciate it no one was a dick about it by the way I'm not I'm not throwing shade on anybody um, <clears throat> apologies for my voice which is gone thanks to air conditioning um, I'm doing this before I have any breakfast or do anything because I want to get this out what I did last night in the middle of the night I scheduled a tweet in the middle of the night here I scheduled a tweet so you guys could see uh, over on Instagram a little status I put up saying, hey, ask me some questions um, and I'll answer them in the morning and I'll do a mini episode. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to answer your questions about New Orleans and WrestleMania and TakeOver and how much travel we've had to do. I'm going to answer as many questions as I can. Uh, I haven't read through them yet. Hoping no one's been a dick. Presuming no one has. It's Tuesday Night Jewel. You guys are cool. Quick plugs. Um, yes, we know 
the chapter 66 and chapter 67, I'll show some New Orleans, uh, progress shows from New Orleans aren't up on demand-progress.com yet. Um, that's mainly because they've just been edited. They are edited and ready to go, but internet here takes about a day to upload them with super great fiber broadband in the UK. Um, hotel broadband is not cutting it, both in the USA and certainly not here in Australia. Um, it, we're trying to find a, a kind progress fan who has good broadband dude let us upload them but it still takes a long time so they'll either be uploaded if we find someone cool here who can help us out with broadband uh, this week or it'll be when john returns home uh, back end of next week apologies thank you for your patience we keep explaining it to people and we know that most people are fine with it um but we want you to see these shows they're really really cool um if I had to pick a favourite out of the two myself, I'd pick the Saturday over the Friday. The Friday had more people there. The Saturday, the atmosphere was a little bit better. Um, and it had Walter against Zack Sabre Jr., which is a great match. Um, but both shows were great fun. Met loads of really, really cool people. They will be up soon. So that's demand-progress.com. And then we have progresswrestling.com, which is our website for news and tickets and merch. Um, important news, uh, Super Strong Style 16, which is the 5th, 6th and 7th of May at Alexandra Palace uh, in London. Our biggest uh, ever Super Strong Style 16 that we've ever done. Moved it to a bigger venue because it normally sells out straight away and we want more people to come and see it. Um, I, I, I don't know if we'll fill Alexandra Palace over all three days, but we'll certainly have uh, more people there than have ever seen a three-day independent wrestling tournament, I think, ever. Um, I'd have to check on this, but um, I think there's there's every chance it's the biggest independent wrestling tournament of all time, um, which is really cool. We announced our 15th competitor last night, UK time, early in the morning, Australia time. Uh, and that's uh, the artist formerly known as Chris Hero, Cassius Ono, who's responsible for some of the best matches uh, in Super Strong Style 16 history and, and indeed progress history. So it's awesome that we're able to use him for this show because wrestling in 2018 is fairly insane. Um, so if you want to come along to this, and believe me, uh, I know what we've got planned, you, including the non-tournament stuff. You don't want to miss it. Progresswrestling.com. That's the 5th, 6th and 7th of May. Alexandra Palace in London. Then we have May the 20th in Manchester at Victoria Warehouse, the biggest show we'll ever have done in the UK outside of London. Um, already looking at over a 1,000 people for that show. And then we've got the biggest show we'll ever do. Um, already the biggest show we'll ever do before it was even announcing a thing on September the 30th at Wembley Arena in London. Um, it's mad that so many people have already bought tickets for this, but still want more people there. I want to make it a celebration of British independent wrestling. September the 30th at Wembley Arena. Progresswrestling.com for all that stuff and merch and things like that. Uh, and obviously check out everything on the Distraction Pieces Network because it's all good. Right, we'll answer your questions. On Instagram, I'm at Jim Smallman, just like I am on Twitter. Um, so apologies, I won't necessarily know your, your real name when uh, I, I mention your Instagram handle, um, but listen out for it. And I'll try and answer everything I can. Um, I haven't read these yet, so I'm presuming they're going to be nice questions. Okay, first up, Pat probably underscore. Um, I love those underscores that you have to put in. It says, what was your favourite match of Mania Weekend, uh, WWE or Indie Wise? Um, I think Indie Wise... Um, I'm going to try not to be biased towards progress. I'm not going to mention any progress uh, stuff because I want to give credit to all the other companies that, that did great things. Um, I didn't get to watch loads of stuff because I was so busy doing various things myself. Um, but I really enjoyed the um, the GCW Bloodsport show. And I think it was Eddie Kingston, Tracy Williams was my favourite match on that show. But I enjoyed the whole thing. The whole thing, including obviously um, Matt Riddle, Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki's a hell of a replacement, isn't it? When Loki decided he wasn't doing the show, to replace him with Minoru Suzuki is nuts. And that whole show felt really, really cool. Hybrid sort of wrestling, knockout or submission only, uh, no ropes. 
just great fun. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I didn't get to see Joey Ginella's spring break after all of that because I fell asleep because I was so exhausted. Um, and by the time I woke up, the show had nearly finished. Uh, I'm looking forward to catching it on demand, though, because lots of people have told me how much fun it was, especially um, pierre Carl Ouellette against Walter, which a lot of people have told me is great. Um, my favourite WWE match of the weekend, um, I've already mentioned this on Twitter, I, I believe that TakeOver is arguably my favourite show I've ever seen because um, top to bottom it was wonderful and certainly has my favourite match um, certainly of the year um, probably the best match I've ever seen live um, which was uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano it's a wonderful match delighted to see Dave Meltzer in Wrestling Observer gave it five stars as he did the ladder match at the start of the match at uh, the start of the show rather but um, yeah that match is it's, it's a Tully Blanchard Magnum TA for this generation it's wonderful. A little bit biased because two of my friends are in it. Tommaso in particular is a very good friend. Um, but unbelievably good match. Absolutely off the charts brilliant. Um, and my favourite match of WrestleMania itself um, was a match that I knew would be fine but didn't necessarily expect it to be as brilliant as it was. And I think I, I, a lot of people were like that, which was Ronda Rousey's first match. Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, which was wonderful. Um, a wonderful match. I think it was positioned fourth on the card at WrestleMania, and everyone around us was super into it. And I enjoyed all of WrestleMania. I know it's a long show, but I enjoyed all of it, um, including the main event of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, which I had to go back and watch again on the WWE Network because it was somewhat ruined by proper dickhead fans around me who were determined to push their own agenda um, of, of deciding that they hated the match before it even started. If you go, I went back and watched it, and whilst not necessarily an absolute classic, um, it's brutal and tells a story and has an ending that no one was expecting. So, you know, it's better than a lot of people gave it credit for. But in the main, I, I enjoyed WrestleMania enormously. I really, really loved uh, takeover and um, kind of wish I got a chance to see a bit more indie stuff but I'm going to catch up with a lot of it on various on demand services thank you Pats, next up Sam T1994 says by moving takeovers out of full sale and into arenas as well as doing them on a weekend rather than a Wednesday night, do they lose some of their magic um, no Sam, I'd say absolutely not, I think the fact that TV tapings in the main are still in full sale which is a wonderful little building um, is great but full sale only holds 400 people and NXT is meant to be run as a business, so you've got to do those big shows from from time to time. Plus, it has an enormous fan base. You know, you look at when NXT came to the UK, and it was a couple of years ago now, sold out super quick. Thirteen thousand people sold out the Smoothie King Centre in New Orleans, so it, it's definitely worth doing. And trust me, I was there, and I was in Brooklyn for the takeover there as well, and I was in the takeover in London. Um, the atmosphere at these shows is nuts, so I think you'd be losing something if you didn't do big takeovers and you didn't have something to aim for in those arenas um, I, I think I get what you're saying like whenever anyone moves from one venue to another we were the same when we moved progress from the garage to the ballroom and then doing Wembley Arena and stuff like that you worry about the atmosphere but I don't think you lose anything by these takeovers being in, in such big venues I think they're they're fantastic um, Adelanzo says what was the best place you ate at during your time in America um, this is going to sound like the lamest answer ever um, but the best place I ate at was an IHOP. I didn't get much chance to eat anywhere, and I'm a vegetarian, um, and, and and it's hard to eat in good places. The best food I actually ate was on Air New Zealand, flying out here. Um, I had a vegan meal there, 
Um, because they don't do vegetarian, they only do vegan. And it was phenomenal. It was really, really good and I felt really healthy. Um, but I had, a, I was really hungry. We'd been really busy one day and I was really, really hungry um, late at night and I had an omelette in IHOP, um, which just made me super, super happy. Um, so it's probably that, if I'm honest. <laughs> I know it sounds really, really silly, but you know sometimes when you just need to eat to make yourself happy? That was, that was the one for me, I think. Taffmaster says, when Matt Richards finally puts back in on the spandex and starts wrestling again, who would you book against him for his first progress match? Walter. 100% Walter. I would like his first match back to be his last match back um, uh, so he knows his role. Um, Matt, Seriously, Matt is never wrestling again. Um, I've never seen footage of Matt wrestling because he's, he's stopped me from doing it. Um, but I'm sure he was decent at it. Like I give Matt a lot of grief. And I'll resume giving him grief in a minute. But he knows a lot about wrestling. One of the reasons he's a valuable guest for, for Tuesday Night Jaw is that he has wrestled. Um, but, you know, I mean, don't feel you need to tweet pictures of, of Matt in his wrestling gear now um, uh, to at Jim Smallman on Twitter using the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Don't feel you need to do that, so I retweet them. None at all. Um, Alias2249 says, What is your favourite member of each of the main New Japan factions, uh, exclusive of the leaders? Uh, mine is Chaos, uh, Jay White, uh, Los Ingenobles du Japon, uh, Takahashi, Bullet Club Tamatonga, Suzuki Gun, Zack Sabre Jr. I'd go with the same as you in Bullet Club and Suzuki Gun for certain. Um, Lij, oh, see, because you've said exclusive of leaders, I do love Naito um, and I do love Takahashi. But I like Evil and Sonata as well. I'm going to say Sonata so I balance out with you um, and don't choose the same. Um, and, and Chaos, it's Yano because it's Yano. If you've not seen, the, there's a gif floating around of Yano's dad commentating on one of his matches. Do try and find it. It's great fun. Um, so, you know, I'd definitely say have a look at that. Boy 84 says, Big fan, attending Super Strong Style 16. Thanks, mate. Victoria Warehouse. Thanks, mate. And Sheffield. Thanks, mate. Um, says, Did you have any say in the progress matches at Access? And also, who were you most proud of making their debut at Access? Um, we have a little say in, in what happens at Access. Um, but in the main, it's WWE's thing. They come to us and say, Hey, we're thinking of doing this. And we go, Cool, thanks very much. Um, because it's great exposure for us as a brand. Um, like I say, we do get, if we absolutely hated something, we would flag it up. But at this point, WWE are pretty cool with us and have never put out anything that we've absolutely hated. So, um, you know, when they told us what was happening uh, during the course of uh, Access, we were just happy to be doing it. Um, in terms of making their debut access, Travis Banks wrestled access last year, as did Tony Storm, um, as did James Drake. Um, the only person, I think, who wrestled, for didn't necessarily wrestle for us there, but um, uh, so Zach Gibson um, made his debut for, for us there, um, uh, and as part of one of the WWE tournaments they were having during access, and he did fantastically well. Um, massive credit to him. Um, Flash Morgan Webster uh, had a match there uh, where a couple of things went wrong um, and I want to have Flash on to talk about this in more in detail but a couple of things went wrong in terms of audio-visual stuff and himself uh, and his opponent Kona Reeves did great to deal with it which was brilliant fun and the most I've laughed in a long time um, so Flash Morgan Webster did brilliant as well including the fact that he didn't have his gear with him um, because his, uh, his suitcase had been lost and he didn't have his gear until the Saturday he did that on the Friday so that was brilliant um, 
and also Walter, even though he didn't represent Progress while he was there, um, did wrestle there a few times and, and did great too. So, you know, I'm proud of all three of those guys. Um, all three of them have got very, very big futures, um, whether it's they choose to have it on the independence or they choose to have it in WWE. So um, good for them. Very, proud, very, very proud of them indeed. Um, and, and again, grateful that WWE gave ourselves and Evolve uh, the chance to do something a little bit different access. And the matches that I saw uh, that we were involved with there were really well received too, which is great stuff. So hopefully means more fans for us uh, going forwards. Um, uh, so yeah, it was a very positive thing to be involved with. And this t- this year, I got actually got a chance to have a look round access um, because I didn't have to ring announce, which I was delighted about. Um, <laughs> really didn't want to. Um, uh, so uh, I had a chance to actually have a look round access. Last year, I didn't have the right pass, so I had to stay backstage. Um, and just having a look round access, really cool. What a cool thing to do to to have when a company like WWE's got that much history to be able to do that and and seeing how long the queue was for Pete Dunne when he was doing his photo opportunity was really smart as well so uh, yeah, I enjoyed that very much uh, The Josh says uh, was that the best ladder match ever I presume you mean the uh, the six way ladder match <clears throat> at TakeOver um, it was brilliant was it the best ladder match ever I think um, for impact in terms of making a ladder match mean something Shawn Michaels against Razor Ramon's two ladder matches, you could argue they've got more impact, so they could be seen as being better. You could argue that the TLC matches between Edge and Christian, the Dudleys um, and the Hardys could be seen as being better. Um, But, I mean, I've watched it three times now and it is stunning, that match. Um, Ladder matches are hard to put together, hard to get everything right in, but everybody knocks it out of the park, especially when you consider in that match, yes, there are people like Ricochet who are tremendous, Adam Cole, who are tremendously experienced, but there's also people like Velveteen Dream, who's only been wrestling for, I think, two or three years, uh, and Lars Sullivan has not been wrestling for as long uh, in that contest. So if you think about the relative experience of everyone in it, the quality of that match is insane. So I don't know, give me six months and ask me the question again, Josh, and I'll let you know. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, you also say, what were your favourite moments of the weekend, progress and non-progress? Um, I've mentioned the Ronda Rousey match, love that. Um, yeah, just from a, a point of view of, uh, like, I, I went backstage for Kaiju Big Battle because uh, some of our guys were doing it. And just seeing wrestlers getting ready into strange outfits to go and have fun and have a laugh, that's really cool. And also the the atmosphere that we experienced in our venue um, you know, we got on well with everybody else there uh, every day. People were trying to help each other out, people were plugging each other's shows and stuff like that. That camaraderie, not just between wrestlers and between, but between promoters as well, um, is something that I'll always find really cool. I think that's a really smart thing to to have been part of. Uh, Viper UK says, uh, "What do you think was the best match of Mania weekend?" Plus, what was your favourite? I've answered that one already. Um, I think the best match was also my favourite. Um, Gargano Champa is, is is something that people should show to people to explain what a blood feud is in wrestling. It's wonderful, um, uh, so that should absolutely absolutely be uh, be there or thereabouts. Um, so yeah, uh, so thank you, Viper. Um, Titan French says, "Hi, Jim. Um, I hope you're doing all right. I'm knackered, mate. If I'm honest, it took 38 hours to get here from Orlando, Orlando to Houston, Houston to Auckland." Auckland to Brisbane, six hours away in Brisbane to Perth, which is a six-hour flight. <sighs> and shout out to Air New Zealand, their flights are amazing. Uh, less of a shout out to Virgin Australia, their flights less good. Um, 
so it says, my question is, with Johnny Gargano now becoming the third person to score two five-star WWE matches from Dave Meltzer, the other one was against uh, Andrade Cien Almas, um, with the shortest time between matches, would you say that he is statistically WWE's best wrestler at the moment? Um, I think there's an argument to say that statistically the best wrestler for consistency over the course of several years would probably be someone like AJ Styles or Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, but I mean, it's an interesting debate. I'm really pleased for Johnny. I mean, Johnny only ever had one match in progress um, against Mark Haskins, which was a great match. But to see Johnny and his, his wife Candice doing so great is is tremendous. He certainly had a brilliant start to 2018. And again, if you go by the um, the, the misconception that to succeed in WWE you have to be huge or you know or whatever, a guy who is shorter than me. Um, uh, who's absolutely tearing it up all the time in NXT and has a charisma that it's it's one of those things that you just want to cheer for him. He doesn't need to talk or say loads, and but he just manages to he just manages to to do great stuff. Um, and I mean, it's it's brilliant that he's had two five star matches in in such a short space of time. And I'm going to be honest with you, he's going to keep having five star matches because he's a fantastic wrestler. So I think it's an interesting argument, Tristan. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's it's arguable whether or not it'd be someone who's been going a little bit longer than him that would be statistically, in inverted commas, better. But I think it's a good question. Lukey Blue Shoes says, Is there a reason wrestlers with title belts from multiple promotions don't wear all their titles to the ring? Is this to do with the respect for the company they are working in at the time or fear everyone will look like Ultimo Trigon or Austin Aries? Um, I think it's more a respect thing. Um there's plenty of guys who wrestle for progress who are champions of other companies. Um, unless we have a relationship with that other company, we would ask them to not come out with the title unless they really desperately needed to. Um, so we've had the Smash title defended on our shows. We've had the WWE UK title obviously defended on our shows. Um, you know, I make I, I have no issue um, mentioning when someone's the Evolve or WWE champion on our shows um, or even the PWG champion because because um, they're companies that we get on with. Um, no, same with WXW companies like that but it also depends on what program a wrestler is in if you're chasing a title of another company it doesn't make any sense for you to be coming out with a title belt from a different company it just you know it muddies the waters a little bit for the fans watching um, it's a shame because uh, Ultimo, Ultimo Dragon in the 90s just had every title belt in the world and looked really really rad with it um, but yeah it's 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 more down to a what works here what works for the storyline that I'm doing here because you have to presume as a wrestling promoter um, and as a wrestler yourself, that whenever you wrestle for a company, you are now part of that universe, for want of a better word. So um, you have to respect that universe and those storylines there. I know it's a bit daft sometimes um, when you'll see one wrestler wrestle in one company and they're a babyface, and wrestle in another company and they're a heel, one company they're a champion, another company they're not. But that's just kind of how we all have to plan things. We all have to presume that we're our own little world and everything revolves around us. Um, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Gareth Hancock says, top man for doing this, Jim. No worries, thanks, mate. Congrats on a good show for progress in New Orleans. It was all right. We did about 2,500 tickets over two days, which is pretty amazing for a little tiny independent wrestling company from the UK, isn't it? Um, you tweeted after TakeOver that it was the best show you'd seen. Paraphrasing here. Know that. Pretty much was what I told you. Does that opinion still hold up now the dust has settled a bit? Um, yeah, it does. I mean, there was five matches on that show, plus two on the pre-show. Uh, the two pre-show matches are great. The five matches on that actual show are all brilliant matches. There was not a bad match on that show. They are all fantastic. Um, the, the opening match and the main event are both rightly five-star matches. Um, whether Dave Meltzer would give them five stars or not, I was. Um, they're five-star matches. I think um, uh, Alistair Black winning the title is a fantastic match. The women's match um, uh, with Shayna Baszler winning the title there is a fantastic match. And the tag team match um, has uh, a fantastic turn in it that um, that I, I don't think a lot of the crowd saw coming um, uh, and got a brilliant response, uh, as well as being a great match. So I don't think you can... I think from top to bottom it's great. It's helped by the fact there's only five matches on the show and the matches aren't... The, the normal takeover is only about two and a half hours. I think this one was a bit longer because um, a lot of the matches went went fairly long, it felt. Um, but, I mean, for me, I can't think of a, many shows that are as consistent as that um, it, from any company ever. Um, it, it's In terms of consistency, five matches I would watch individually on their own any day of the week. And I think that's what makes it brilliant. Um, uh, ADH Pete says uh, what was the full story of Jack Sexsmith not being able to make it to New Orleans um, I'm not going to answer that I'm going to let Jack answer that um, uh, maybe get him on the podcast to talk about that uh, over the course of the next few weeks um, but it, you know it's his that's his business we were gutted that Jack wasn't there um, because he's a very good friend of ours um, hopefully next time we're in the United States Jack will be with us it's just a, a personal issue on Jack's side um, that it's not my place to answer about it's his so um, I'll leave that with him um Nat Martin says, when planning for Super Strong Style 16, do you pick the winner first, then build around it? Or do you have a selection of names you'd like to work uh, work with that? Um, kind of the second one. Um, we we have a wish list normally of about 24 names. We whittle it down to 16 names. And then from the 16, as we get closer to it, we decide who's winning. Um, have we decided on a winner for this year yet? Probably. Um, he says with a slight smile on his face. Um, but yeah, we normally like like because of how we cho- the order we choose to announce things in as well. We've normally got everything sorted out about a month before. So um, Cassius Ono being part of the show has been planned for a lot longer than the announcement has been. Um, but um, 
but yeah, we've um, we normally we normally work on a list and then work out what matches we'd like to see and who's winning. Um, because obviously, who's winning has uh, ramifications for for later in the year because becoming a number one contender. So um, yeah, we we normally have we normally have a plan in mind. Let's put it that way. So um, so yeah, uh, it's uh, it's fun booking Super Strong Style sixteen. It's hard work. Um, uh, but I think every year we want to try and top it and last year's Super Strong Style is one of the best things I think we've ever done as a company so to try and top it this year is going to be hard but you know we're going to try our best that's why we're doing it in a bigger venue so more people can see it um, and hopefully we'll manage to we'll manage to pull it off but we uh, we shall see we shall see um, Slurm316 great name um, says who has been the coolest slash funniest person you have ran into on your travels this time around um, we get to hang out with a lot of cool people really um, I think for me and I tweeted this I don't know Eddie Kingston very well but I love Eddie Kingston um, I, I love his work as a wrestler um, and I've met him I think once I got introduced to him at a show once uh, probably our show in Orlando last year and he was super nice to me. Had a little chat. Told him I was a fan of his work, and that was that. Um, then I bumped into him in our hotel, and he treated me like I was a, a long lost friend, which is a really cool thing to do, especially when I look up to him as a wrestler. So we kind of we exchanged pleasantries, and that was really really nice. Um, and then I went backstage at the Game Changer Wrestling uh, Bloodsport show, which he was on, and I walked backstage, and he he shouts at me from a distance and tells me I'm not allowed there because I'm a rival promoter and then comes over smiling and gives me a big hug again uh, and then goes that proceeds to go out and have a really cool match so I think Eddie Kingston's one of those dudes that whenever I see him and we met so many cool people I'm not you know everyone we met pretty much was a dude um, and just a just a really really nice person to be around you know for example we had people debuting for Progress um, who I'd never met before. So Mercedes Martinez was a really, really nice person to have around our, our locker room and, and, and worked really hard for two days in a row. Um, but I think Eddie Kingston, just in terms of popping me, is probably the guy that um, the guy that I'd pick for that. Sam Jones says, Would you rather have a top WWE star like Cena, Styles, Lesnar, Nakamura, Rollins, Reigns appear at an unboxing show or have the Progress World title defended at WrestleMania? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think, for the sake of the company, the Progress World Title defended at WrestleMania, because unboxing sells out anyway. <laughs> um, it, whilst it'd be an amazing moment to have someone like Nakamura wander out, um, I think it would also set a precedent that we'd always have to top it. Whereas the Progress World Title being defended at WrestleMania would be a nuts moment. Let's be honest; neither of these things are ever going to happen. Um, but you know. Uh, ADHP again says, uh, "Were well, you a fan of the Nicholas slash Braun angle?" Um, now, I <laughs> this is one of those few times where I've been so wrong. I thought Rey Mysterio Jr. was certain to be Braun Strowman's tag team partner, and when they did the thing with Nicholas, um, I understand in some ways why some wrestlers were like, why, "Why have they done this?" But think about it. Take a step back and think about it um, in a different way. WrestleMania Takeover is the thing for us hardcore insane wrestling fans that's the thing for us um, Wrestlemania is both for us and for a wider entertainment audience and that's why something like the Nicholas Angle was done I think it was fun it made people smile within the arena it, it made a very small amount of people angry but in the main it made people smile um, I think um, 
the, the, the panic on various people's faces trying to get out of the way of the camera, including Johnny Moss trying to get out of the way of the camera when the camera was going around following Braun around was fun. Um, it put Braun over as a monster, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, was it odd? A little bit. But I think it was fun, and the way that the the title belts were uh, were abandoned the next day with was funny, and it showed a funny side to Braun. So, um, I uh, at the time I think I went, "What's going on?" And then the more I saw kids around us laughing at it and thinking, "Oh, that could be me next time," you understand why it's done because WWE sometimes is for um, for families and for kids, and and I think when you understand it like that, it makes sense. Um, so once initially I was like eh and then when I saw kids and families laughing and having the time of their lives watching it I was like oh okay um, so then I became a fan of it Life by Daniel Sands says much love to you the family and the progress gang what was your favourite non-progress moment of your week in New Orleans um, I did an interview with Dan Barry and Excalibur um, which I really enjoyed doing where we talked about politics and wrestling and comedy and I just had a great time. I, Excalibur, I've known since he did commentary um, on the Progress Show in Orlando last year, and obviously with him being involved in PWGs, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of his company. Um, and Dan Barry is someone I met in Boston last year, uh, and then he gave me a lift from uh, the airport to my hotel because we realised we were on the same flight, and we did that thing where we didn't talk to each other for ages, and then we did. Um, so I really enjoyed hanging out with Dan and Excalibur. That was that was fun. I didn't get to see a lot of stuff outside of Progress uh, and WWE during the course of uh, during the course of the of the week. And I've mentioned a lot of the WWE stuff already. So um, so I think that's probably the that's probably the right answer. Uh, in terms of radar, wrestlers are now on our radar. Um, there was guys like like Ray Horace who had a great match with Chris Brooks at Chapter sixty seven. Like we um, we asked him sort of last minute to come and do do that show for us he did a great job um, and then you know you'd look at him and go oh there's definitely there's definitely stuff we can do potentially with him in this country or, or if we ever go back to the United States there's stuff we can do with him um, uh, it was great to see Ricky Shane Page who was certainly on my radar now be on my business partner's radars as well I've been banging on about it for ages and now seeing that they enjoyed his work as much as I did that's really cool so you know there's there's lots of really 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 cool guys out there um, I wish I got a chance to see more wrestling than I did um, but um, but yeah there's uh, oh the MJF as well a lot of people have mentioned uh, how good he is um, he, he slid into the Thunderbuster match perfectly did a good job got a little bit as well he's a good dude um, so you know these are people that we booked out of necessity to fill a card and then they knocked it out of the park and you think oh what can we potentially do with them going forwards which is a really really cool thing Wrestling Odyssey says, During Progress New Orleans, we saw, fre- saw Fresh Faces debut in the company, such as Ricky Shane Page, just mentioned him, Darby Allen, uh, Paro, and MJF. Is there any other indie talent from the globe you'd love to bring in for a Progress show, and what match would you book them in? I don't know what match I'd book them in, um, but um, uh, I'd like to... Flamita's already wrestled for us. Flamita's tag team partner, Bandido. Them as a tag team are insane. Uh, I'd love to potentially do them against CCK in the future because um, bearing in mind Chris Brooks did a great job with one luchador I know he'd do a great job with another I don't know that Lycos loves his lucha stuff so I think that would be a really cool thing to, to potentially do um, in the future um, I really wanted to have uh, Willie Mack on the show and unfortunately that didn't quite match up I really wanted to have Eddie Kingston on the show and unfortunately that didn't quite match up um, so they would, they'd be two guys I'd love, to, I'd love to see debut for us in the future as well Um. 
David James O'Neill says, did you get some monster salty caramel in the end? Yes, I did. I had four cans of it bought for me by various fans during the course of our two shows. So thank you very much to those fans. I did enjoy them massively before I headed off to Orlando. Uh, Life by Daniel Sun says, when can we expect another comedy special available to purchase on your website? When I film one, Daniel, um, I, uh, I've not done as much comedy, uh, certainly in terms of solo shows recently, because uh, wrestling has got in the way. Um, I'm quite happy with that because I love wrestling. I'm slightly less enamoured with the world of stand-up. It's still my job. I still have to do it to earn a living um, and I still enjoy it, just maybe not as much as I do wrestling. So it would depend. I might do my History of Professional Wrestling show later in the year as a little tour and if I do, I will film it then. But it depends on various other things. Uh, I'm spinning many plates at the moment, so we shall see. Mm. Uh Seuss Cat says, what did you feel about the scene of view and run-up during the women's match? I feel it detracted from the match and that they could have waited 30 seconds or something rather than having him run past Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, it did feel a little bit odd because it was a big moment with Charlotte beating Asuka. I'm sure WWE had their reasons for doing it. Um, I mean, it made it feel more organic rather than waiting. Do you see what I mean? It made it Because it felt like it was interrupting something, it made it feel more organic. But you're right. It did sort of take away from a fantastic Charlotte and Asuka match, which was brilliant, by the way. A great match uh, between two very, 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 very talented wrestlers. Um, so, yeah, I see your point. Um, but you think about it the other way. If you had waited 30 seconds, would it seem a bit more forced and a bit less organic? So I can see both sides of the argument. Clint McCormick says, Hi Jim, I hope you're doing okay. With doing more and more shows, is it an aim or a possibility to have a weekly show one day, or are you completely happy with the current format? And who do you th- and do you think producing a weekly show would give more potential to a TV company or the WWE Network show in progress? Uh, sorry if that's three questions, but it could be one answer. Um, do I see us doing weekly shows? No, absolutely not. <laughs> it would kill me, and it would kill the other two. No. We're not very good at delegating tasks, so I can't see us... No, doing a weekly. Also as well, if you think about it, all of our shows are meant to feel like pay-per-views. And I don't... It work, if your WWE works doing TV tapings and telling stories that way because you've got the network and because you've got TV deals, when you're an independent company like us, I don't, I don't like the model of doing, in inverted commas, TV tapings to put out on your on-demand because I'd rather just every show felt big enough. Um, and I think the minute you start doing that, it kind of waters things down a little bit for me. So, um, so no, no, I don't see us doing that. Um, it, it's in terms of TV companies. One of the reasons we've had talks with TV companies and stuff in the past. One of the reasons we've never done anything with any of them is just they want an element of control over what you do, and we're not happy to have that happen. <laughs> we like what we do, and we like not being asked about it. Um, so, I can't see us doing a TV show at any point in the near future. Um, nah. Not for us. I, I like how we work, to be honest. If anything, we do too many shows as it is. Um, so adding the prospect of adding any more just fills me with dread. Um, but thank you, Clint. Uh, Sean Jakes UK says, thoughts on the superstar shake-up so far? Um, I've not kept up with loads of it because of where I am in the world. Um, so I'm aware that Smackdown's probably going on right now. It is. So it's quarter past eight in the morning, Wednesday here. So it's quarter past eight at night um, in the USA. Um, so in terms of the Superstar shakeup, the one thing I am excited about is The Miz being sent to SmackDown so we can pay off Daniel Bryan against The Miz, which I think is money. So from that point of view, it's great. Um, and Drew McIntyre, um, re-debut on O'Rourke. I like Drew a lot. He's a good guy. So um, 
I mean, it, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do because it, it means that people will start speculating on different matches and different angles and stuff like that. But it does seem to be more mid-card based than uh, top of the card based with the exception of The Miz. Um, so, let, you know, let's see what happens. Um, there's a lot of people I'm pleased for because um, friends of mine have ended up on Raw or SmackDown either <clears throat> because they've been caught up from NXT or because they've been moved around. So, um, from my point of view, seeing my mates on telly, it just, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be a cool thing. Um, but I think The Miz is the, the big headline. Uh, thus far I think it's good fun uh, Mr Loomis says where does that Wrestlemania rank in overall manias for you there was a point about halfway through where I was considering whether I would have to reassess whether 17 was still my favourite it fell off a bit but I still think it was one of the best I I, I, I really enjoyed it as I've already said um, Mr Loomis um, really enjoyed it um, I, I think because it's such a long show sort of 7 hours there's always going to be a point where the crowd falls off a little bit the crowd at the start of that was I kept nudging John and Glenn and saying, how hot is this crowd? The crowd was so up for it. Way more up for it than the crowd in Orlando last year. Um, they were they were popping for everything. And after about five hours, understandably, they got tired, which did affect things a little bit. Because I was the same. About halfway through the show, I was thinking, this is, is legit one of the best Manias ever. Um, I think it's very hard to beat WrestleMania 17, which is my favourite Mania of all time. But I did enjoy it from top to bottom. Um, in terms of WrestleManias that I've been to, um, I think it's I've been to three now, and I think it's probably it's one of it, oh, it's really hard because I love all three of them because it you know I don't ever expect to go to another one, so I always try to throw myself into it quite a lot. Um, but in terms of yeah, I think it's it's one of my favourites. That's for certain because partly because I was there, partly because I enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't think. I don't think there was a bad match on it, which I know people are going to go, well, I didn't enjoy this match, yeah, but but be objective about it. Was there a bad match on it? I don't think so. Um, so, yeah. I mean, not as good as 17, but nothing is. But still very, very enjoyable. Um, Chilled Man says, Chuck Mambo offers you to take, take you time travelling on his surfboard. Where do you go? Um, I go to... Uh, I go to the mid-90s and I pop to Japan and I watch some All Japan and All Japan Women's um, because it's uh, I've never got to see Kenta Kabashi wrestle in person. I've never got to see Manami Toyota wrestle in person. I'd quite like to do that. Outside of just going back in time with the lottery numbers and just making myself millions and millions of pounds. Uh, Zach Tabak 66 says, Chance we will see a cage match at Wembley. Um, Eddie Dennis, Mark Andrews perhaps. Um, uh, I, I think you have uh, misinterpreted how difficult it is to get a cage. Um, we would have to get a cage made, <laughs> which uh, we don't necessarily have the money to do. I mean, never say never, Zach. But at the minute, not something that we've planned. But you never know. Weird things happen in wrestling, especially in 2018. Mm. Claire Bear, the Destroyer, says, If you could have picked any tag team partner for Strowman, serious or for comedy, who would you have chosen? Um, I would have chosen Rey Mysterio Jr., Partly because I would have won a bet with my business partners. That's the main reason, if I'm being honest. Um, that's who I would have chosen. I um, I just think it would have been a really cool dynamic in the sort of big and little. Um, so that would have been cool. The other cool one would have been doing Alexa Bliss because they've obviously done the Mixed Match Challenge with them as a team, which has been fun. Um, and the other one at left field, which I think John or Glenn, I think it was John suggested, was James Ellsworth, um, which would have been fun because he would have gone from wrestling Matt Riddle to... <laughs> to wrestling for a tag title so I think all of those would have worked but you know it's um, I'm fine um, I'm fine with it as it is Chilvman says if Too Sweet were NSYNC could you think of any wrestlers who would be in bands of the same era um, 
like CM Punk leading Black Flag or the Bushwhackers as a Kiwi version of the Wurzels. That's a bizarre one, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to think. That's a a really good question. Right, I'm not going to answer that, chill, man. But any listeners, answer it. So wrestlers, uh, as or in bands, uh, at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Because that's a great question. If two sweet friends think... You can think of it. CM Punk leading Black Flag makes perfect sense. All the minor threat will do it better. And the Bushwhackers is a Kiwi version of the Wurzels. My God, that's a brilliant question. Uh, I'm too tired and too jet-lagged to answer it, but other people should. At Jim Smallman. Um, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Uh, good. Um, Captain Outram says, what was your reaction to Charlotte beating Ascot? I, I was surprised. Um, but also, um, it makes sense. You, if you've got a really long undefeated streak, sometimes it can be a millstone around your neck. Um, and uh, I think it you can't knock what Asuka's done she went ages being undefeated she was NXT champion uh, NXT women's champion rather she won the first ever women's Royal Rumble her place in history has been decided um, and she didn't need to beat Charlotte to still be a historical wrestler um, so if anything it means that now she's not held back by the whole undefeated thing because wrestlers do have to lose sometimes in order to make you care about them um, so I'm fine with it to be honest absolutely fine Claire Bear the Destroyer says how much did Paro uh, former guest on the show hate you for your salted caramel life choices every time he saw me drinking a can of it Claire he mocked me Um, uh, uh, Jones Theo says who was the coolest person to catch up with the chat with that you hadn't seen or spoken to in a while I've mentioned this before I think it was Eddie Kingston Um, uh, Brad I I can't do all it's too early for me to be able to actually read your thing I'm just going to call you Brad Brad says, have you ever hated wrestling to the point you wanted to stop watching? Never. Not once in my life. Um, I'll tell a lie, actually. Um, In my teens, I stopped watching wrestling for a while because I thought it was too fake. And I was being a typical bullshit teenager who was just being a bit of an idiot. Um, I went back and watched everything that I missed when I fell back in love with it in my early 20s. Um, But I've never never once watched a show and gotten so annoyed with it that I've never wanted to watch wrestling again. Because even if I hate that show, there's great wrestling out there. So it's never happened to me. Um, Born Villainess Havoc says, What was the most memorable part of being in New Orleans for Mania Week? Uh, by the way, love <laughs> Hubbin is also a biscuit. You turn my hubby into a big progress fan. And that's my highlight. If your husband is now a big progress fan, that's my highlight. I've mentioned a few of the highlights already. So, um, uh, But nice one. Thanks for coming along. And thank you uh, for bringing your husband with you too. Uh, big NJ Smith says, What's your take on the reunion of the Golden Lovers? I love it. Um, a fantastic uh, tag team when they were together in DDT. The way it's been handled um, in Japan in particular is is interesting um, uh, because they're a very different country in terms of their attitudes towards various things. So I think it's very, very interesting. And it means we get to see two of the best wrestlers in the world in Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi together. So uh, I think it's, it's fantastic. I haven't seen... Because um, they had some matches over WrestleMania weekend, which I haven't seen yet. Um, I'm a bit behind on the Japanese wrestling, um, but but I think it's it's a wonderful thing to do, and it's a storyline that writes itself, and it's yeah, it's great, and, and should be very excited about it. Uh, so there's a few questions that are being repeated. Uh, Jack says, "Do you think Zack Saber Jr. and Pete Dunne should be regarded as good or even better than people like Okada, Omega, and Styles?" Well, Okada, Omega, and Styles are all brilliant. Zack Sabre Jr. and Pete Dunne are brilliant. I think Sabre and Dunne are easily within the top five wrestlers on the planet right now. It depends on your own sensibility as to exactly um, 
It depends on your own sensibilities to exactly whether you think they're in the top five in the world. From my sensibilities, and speaking as a wrestling promoter in terms of how easy they both are to work with, um, then for me, Sabre and Dunn are in the top five wrestlers in the world right now, easily. Um, and Walter's probably also in it as well, and Travis Banks is in it as well. So, But again, biased towards progress. So um, are they? should they be regarded as good as Okada, Omega and Styles? Absolutely, 100% yes. Um, are they better? Depends on the person. Um, I think you've picked three people there who are absolute world-class league in Okada, Omega and Styles. But I think Sabre and Dunn are, are brilliant. The fact that Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, won the New Japan Cup this year and the fact that Pete Dunn is, has been WWE UK champion for as long as he has and is, is on takeovers and stuff like that says to me that, you know, it's not just not just myself who thinks they're brilliant. Um, it's New Japan and WWE that think they're brilliant too. Uh, Jack says, do you think an actual heel face dynamic will help an AJ Nakamura rematch? I felt that the match having actual heat rather than being built up to be a potential classic will allow for a more organic intense affair. I think you're right. You know, just being told a match is going to be great sometimes means that your expectations are so high that nothing they do can make it be great. And that's a little bit how I felt their WrestleMania match was. It was really good but everyone wanted it and expected it to be better than their last match in New Japan, which is, is a fantastic match. And and I think that hurt it a little bit because everyone's like, you're not buying near falls because you're expecting the match to be absolutely ludicrous. So I think having an actual dynamic, like you say, Jack, is is probably going to make the rematch better. Um, I think it's a very, very good point that you bring up. Um, and I, I am loving Hio Nakamura, by the way. It is great fun. Um, the fact that he can do a low-blow fireman's carry is just, just tremendous. Um, uh Agubapon, I can't read that name. Um, uh, I'm sorry for the pronunciation. It says, in your opinion, is the Champa Gargano match better than CM Punk Cena from Money in the Bank 2011? Ask me in six months when I've rewatched it as many times as I've seen CM Punk Cena. <laughs> CM Punk Cena is my favourite, regular listeners will be aware, is my favourite match of all time. I don't think anything will be able to top it in terms of its its appeal to me. Gargano Champa. If I was putting together a list of my top 10 matches of all time, Gargano Champa is easily in it. Is it number one? Probably not at the minute, but that's only because what is number one is so ridiculously hard to topple. Um, but, again, ask me ask me in six months, because I think that Gargano Champa match is really going to stand up to the test of time, and more and more people are going to appreciate it. Even I mean, people love it now, but even more people are going to appreciate it going forward. It's a fine, fine match. Uh, Steve says what's your opinion on crowds bringing beach balls to wrestling shows it's tedious like it's really annoying and you could see at Wrestlemania you could see some fans going yay beach ball including the one dick who was sat behind us um, and then you could see people getting really annoyed at it going why are you detracting from the wrestling by throwing beach balls it's like you've done this on purpose um, so um, yeah I think it's it, it's it's a tedious thing and unfortunately it's one of those things that it's like people doing a what chant. People are going to keep doing it because they. some people are just going to think it's funny. Um, it's not funny. It's just a bit annoying. Like It was funny at Raw last, after WrestleMania last year. It was genuinely fairly funny there, especially when Cesaro had it chased after it and all that. It was moderately amusing, but it's just got a little bit tedious. Now it's a trope rather than a fun event. So, nah, it's not for me. Uh, Savage of War says... 
Um, if money was no object and you could book your dream match, who would be in it and why? Um, I think my dream matches don't necessarily involve needing to spend a ton, a ton of money. Um, my dream matches all tend to involve wrestlers that aren't wrestling anymore. Like I'd love to book Kenta Kabashi against CM Punk, or I'd love to book um, uh, Mitsuo Masawa uh, uh, against I don't know Walter. Like these are you know like one side of it is still wrestling in the case of Walter, but like it, it's it's tricky really. A lot of it sounds really strange, but. A lot of the time in progress booking meetings, we'll book a match and I'll be like, that's exactly what I want to see at that particular point in time. Um, it would be great, um, purely from a box office standpoint, to be able to book somebody like uh, AJ Styles or Shinsuke Nakamura or Daniel Bryan against someone like uh, Okada or Tanahashi or, or, you know, just from the point of view of being able to sell a ton of tickets, that would make a load of sense, and purely from a businessman point of view. But, you know, a lot of stuff I've wanted to see in the Lord of Wrestling, I've got to see. Um, and certainly from a, a, the point of view of a smaller independent prom- promoter, a lot of the matches we've booked on progress shows over the course of the last six years have been matches I've been wanted to see. So um, uh, it's not something that keeps me awake at night thinking, am I ever going to have the money to be able to book this? Um, but, you know, there's always matches you look at and think, oh, if I could just do that, I'd sell 10,000 seats at Wembley straight away. Um, unfortunately, that's not how wrestling works. Um, uh, Dan says, uh, hey, pal, hope it all is well. Looking forward to high-fiving you at Super Strong Style 16, which will be my first progress event. Then, indeed, make sure you find me. Arguably, it was the best takeover ever with so many names shining throughout. So, with that being said, barring the champs or Champa or Gargano, who are all stars now, who was the standout name for you that might not have been before? For me, Kyle O'Reilly proved that he could go as a single star and I'm excited for his future. There was a point, Kyle O'Reilly did a a typical indie no-sell off a German suplex and then sold it immediately afterwards and fell through the ropes, which is one of my favourite spots of the weekend. Um, Kyle O'Reilly's brilliant. Just watching him play the guitar um, on the the tag title belt is is great. I think... um, the ladder match once again was a reminder that Velveteen Dream um, is has got such a great future ahead of him. I think he could be the the second the, the, this generation's Shawn Michaels um, in terms of in ring performance. He is wonderful, um, and you know he's only a kid. I think he's only what twenty two years old or something ridiculous like that. Um, and seeing Ricochet bring it on a WWE stage, we all know on the Indies, brilliant. We all know at New Japan, brilliant. So being able to see him instantly, the first move Ricochet did in his first match in WWE was a springboard shooting star press to the outside. Um, so seeing those guys tear it up is is excellent and makes me very, very excited for the future. Um, I think they've both got wonderful futures ahead of them. I know Ricochet's a little bit older, but still still has the world at his feet. And Velveteen Dream is just... He's just wonderful and so over with that crowd in New Orleans as well. Uh, Ollie Taylor says, Hi Jim, I'm looking forward to meeting you in a couple of weeks at my first progress show, Super Strong Style 16. If there were no restrictions in terms of licensing and whatnot, what songs would you use as themes for some of your favourite talent, Progress, WWE and beyond? Do you know what? All I wish for is that we could still use I Will Be Heard by Hatebreed <laughs> for Rampage Brown. It's my only main real wish. Because, I, like... It would be wrong of me. I have my own music taste. It'd be wrong of me. I'd love to be able to use a Deftone song for someone, but it, a wrestling theme tune works best when the wrestler has chosen it themselves. Rampage chose "I Will Be Heard" back in the day. It always really, really worked for him, and he's chose his new his new theme as well, which he, he likes. But it's just I miss that so much, and that's the big thing for me that that licensing has taken away um, from progress shows. 
Um, I also love Zack Sabre Jr.'s theme music too, um, which is, you know, it's great that we're still using that on shows because um, I sing along to it because it's a song that I genuinely love. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd, I'd hate to force music on people, um, but the one that, I, if, I had, if I had all the money in the world, because it, it, that is how much money it would take, um, then I would, I'd make a point of Rampage Brown being able to use Hatebreed again because, oh, the greatest. Uh, Buriakasaurus says, what is the most essential item that isn't electronics to take on a long-haul flight? Um, water. Because water beats jet lag, apparently. It hasn't worked, but my lord. Um, <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could beat jet lag. Um, yeah, water. Um, and snacks. Although you do get a bit confused, like Glenn did, um, when travelling to Australia where you're not allowed to bring food in on whether or not you're allowed to keep the snacks in your bag and it gets good. And then you end up having to eat a load of snacks really, really quickly. Obviously, you never take peanuts onto an aeroplane because someone will be allergic to peanuts and then you might kill someone. Um, but yeah, your own stash of food and drink is the most important thing to take on a plane. Then you're not at the behest of waiting for when food gets brought around to you, you see? You know what I'm saying. Uh, just Bill says, um, as we head into Super Strong Style 60 at Alexandra Palace and Wembley coming soon, how long do you think Progress will stay in the ballroom? Does Progress plan on moving its regular chapter shows anytime soon? Absolutely not. We're staying in the ballroom. There's no reason for us to move. The ballroom sells out. It sells 700 tickets fairly easily, and that is no stress for us. Alexandra Palace and Wembley um, probably won't sell out. Um, Wembley definitely won't. It's 10,000 seats. There's no way we'll do 10,000. I have a figure I'd be happy with that's much less than that. Um... And Alexandra Palace, over the course of three days, we've not booked Super Strong Style 16 to be at Ali Pali thinking we're going to sell 2,000 tickets every day. Absolutely not. We've booked it there so more people can come to it. If it means that three, four, five hundred more people can come to it every day, then it's worth doing because so many people missed out on Super Strong Style 16 last year. Um, and as previously discussed many times, there's very few venues in London that suit us, that we get on with, that go from 700 to 1,000 or 1,200 outside of York Hall, which isn't our venue. So, um, so no, we're not moving at any point soon. The ballroom is our home. We love the ballroom. It's comfortable, you know, and we never presume that we're going to sell shows out. But knowing that we're, we will always pretty much hit 700 um, in that venue means there's no desire for us to move at any point soon. It is so unbelievably expensive to put a show on in a bigger venue. It, it, I, if I got into the finances of it, you would be astonished how much more money it is to have a venue that holds just a couple more hundred more people. It's ridiculous. Um, so no, we love the ballroom. The people who run the ballroom are friends. Um, and the ballroom has its own progress feel that we've uh, we've we've bought since we moved there in chapter chapter 11. So no, 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 no. Absolutely not planning on moving any time soon. Uh, we'll still do bigger shows elsewhere um, from time to time, but they're, they're not the norm. The norm for us will always be the ballroom in London. Uh, Jules vs. the World says um, what was it like performing in the most remote city in the world Perth we've not performed there yet that's tonight um, did everyone tone it down a bit in case of injury with the rest of the tour and such massive shows ahead I don't think anyone who works for us ever tones it down even if I tell them to um, but but Perth I didn't realise Perth was as remote as it was the nearest other city to Perth is Adelaide which is over a thousand miles away I didn't realize, and there's nothing else in Western Australia like it's it, there's Perth and that's about it it's crazy it's crazy thing. Even Australia, as big as a country is, is nuts. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm presuming everyone will go with it 100%, 100% like normal. But, um, but yeah, we certainly haven't told people to tone it down. Uh, and that's it. That's the final question. Thanks, Jules. Um, 
I uh, appreciate all your questions. I'll just do a quick refresh in case I missed anyone out. Uh, do, 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 do. No, I haven't. Um, thank you for all your questions via Instagram. Um, apologies again for not having a full um, Tuesday night draw out for you to enjoy. Um, but um, we will. I'll work on getting a full one up and out next week. Hopefully you get this. Hopefully you enjoy it. Um, apologies for sounding as jet lagged and stumbling over my words as I am. But I'm so, so tired. Um, uh, but um, I appreciate you guys' patience in waiting for a podcast. Again, check out everything on the Distraction Pieces Network, my website, jimsmallman.com, where you point people who are new to the podcast. And indeed, if you want to look at where I'm doing stand-up, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com for all progress-related stuff, whether it's tickets and merch, that's the former, progresswrestling.com, or our shows, demand-progress.com, 66 and 67. They're the chapters in New Orleans. will be up as soon as we get internet fast enough to put them up. They're edited. Don't panic. They're coming soon. Um, thanks for listening guys Uh, I'll be back in the UK next Wednesday and I'll probably crack on with another podcast as soon as I'm back Um, I know it's called Tuesday Night Jaw but it might have to be other night other day of the week Jaw for a little while longer Um, uh, right thanks for listening guys I'll speak to you soon Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.